everybody. You are listening to Hotter Than Health, the podcast. This is a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, and an overall healthy lifestyle. My name is Eliza Gellman, and I am so happy to have you here with me for today's episode. Hello, everybody. This is episode 108 of the Hotter Than Health podcast. I am so pumped for today's episode. We have the wonderful Naomi Olindo, previously of Southern Charm, the Bravo TV show. She is also now the owner of the Shop La Bay online clothing brand. She's also associated with the 80-20 concept. It's the 80-20 market. We get all the way into it on this episode. Also, Howard, you're going to have to stop scratching your balls. It's making your bells jingle and it's loud on the podcast. Hey, look at me. Beautiful. It's your balls later. Anyways, that was Howard. Howard's a dog. All right. So before we get into today's episode, I have to go ahead and say this out loud because I was torn three new anuses last episode that I had a podcast interviewer on. Howard, come here. Love me. Come here. Come here. That's right. Get over here. Come here. You didn't do anything wrong. You didn't do anything wrong. Come here. Okay. So the last interview I did, there was some audio issues, right? There was not great sound. Actually, the sound was fantastic. However, it was just a conversation and it was probably only affecting you if you were listening to this in headphones and one of your headphones died. All right. Because then you would just be hearing one person. For some reason... I I was made to interview and guide and be a woman of the arts. I was not made to click small buttons and put things together in audio files and figure out speakers and AT2005 USB microphones and put things together in GarageBand and synthesize them. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. I've been doing this for two and a half years and I'm so proud of all the progress that I've made. However, these are new things to me. I'm working on them. I thought I had it fixed and I don't. So here I am owning it. I got to the interview thinking, oh God, I am amazing. Jack of all trades, master of everything. I am like no untouchable. And then I listened to it and I, I was wrong and I'm owning it. So just be warned that the podcast is incredible. Listen to it. It won't be that distracting. I probably should stop digging myself into a hole right now and just let you enjoy it. But here we are. Um, Sorry about the audio if you find anything weird about it. If you do, sorry. If not, no biggie. But some people might not notice at all. Some people may. But I feel like I just need to call it out. Anywho, so getting into today's episode, we talk all about Naomi's childhood, growing up, how she uh, really created her work ethic, how she has established such strong and beautiful relationships with people around her. She also goes into how she likes to travel, how she likes to eat, how she stays fit. She talks about different ways to incorporate an 80-20 lifestyle and not just with food, but by just being a good person. Um, She tells us all about some funny stories that she's had. She really is, um, she's a really great resource for so many people. She humanizes a lot of different things. We talk about luck. We talk about privilege. We talk about skin. We talk about, you know, celebrities. We talk about everything. And I think that this will be really eye-opening and wonderful to hear from someone who has experienced a lot in her life and uh, still shows up with a lot of grace and is truly, truly passionate about helping others progress. And um, so we'll get into the episode in just a minute. But before we do, I've got to just mention Aura Organic. I've mentioned this on other podcast episodes. You guys know they are my absolute favorite brand to work with. So Aura Organics is a plant-based supplement company and they focus in different regions such as uh, the fitness world. They talk about pre-workout and protein. You guys know that I love the chocolate plant-based protein. They are into gut health. They are into different types of supplements that promote overall wellness, not just protein powders and pre-workouts and things like that. So I really do, you know, I've been wanting to say this, but I wanted to hold off on it until I tried it a little bit more. But of course, the protein powder is amazing. I love it so much. The probiotics I take every single day 
However, the digestive enzymes, let me tell you, you need them. I take a digestive enzyme or two or three. Anytime I go out to eat, you can always see me passing out small pills to people around me. It's a problem. I understand that. But everyone is like, oh, what is that? Is that, you know, like, I don't know, anti-diarrheal? No. In fact, it is. Oh, here comes wiggle. No, it is not anti-diarrheal. In fact, it is a digestive enzyme and it absolutely enhances the meal experience. It is amazing. What it does is basically just helps your food break down and absorb. So I highly recommend checking out their digestive enzyme. That is one of my favorite new products of theirs. I'm actually about to go out of town in 48 hours to go to Cabo and see some girls for a bachelorette party and I couldn't be more thrilled to be taking digestive enzymes with me. I feel like they really help me when I go out to eat, go out to dinner, and I don't know what exactly is in the food. I may not know what the oils they're cooking in um, and kind of just helping my digestion along the way, especially if you're eating out of the norm. So it's not a diet pill. It's not going to add anything to your food. It doesn't have a flavor, but it just is really good to help your body break down, especially if you struggle with bloat and fatigue like that. And you know you got to be on your shit after a meal, right? So if you want to check out all of these products, the probiotics, the protein powder, and the digestive enzymes, make sure you use my code ELIZAG15 at AuraOrganics.com. I will link it in the show notes. It is also on my Instagram, um, in my bio. If you don't follow on Instagram, make sure you do. It is at ELIZAG underscore wellness. Um, also wanted to give a quick shout out for an upcoming giveaway that we're going to be doing for the podcast. So if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure you do. And I'm going to be taking into consideration different reviews, different subscribers. It is going to be awesome. I'm so excited. This is going to be a, this is going to be a giveaway unlike anything I've ever done. All right. I'm going balls to the wall with this one. I keep talking about the big goal on my Instagram and I'm telling you, 2021, I just have a feeling that the podcast is going to take a turn in the most amazing way. I feel a shift upward. Um, so be on the lookout for awesome stuff moving forward. All right. So let's get into it today. I'm so excited for your guest. You are going to love her. Get out your notebook, get ready to laugh, maybe get ready to cry, maybe get ready to adopt a cat. But without further ado, here's the interview with Naomi Olindo. Hey, Naomi. Hi. Oh, thanks for being here. I'm so happy to do this. I'm so excited. Yay. <laughs> I was I was like, should I ask her? Fuck it. I'm just going to ask her. Oh my God. I'm so glad you did. And then Helen texted me to remind me. <laughs> and I was like, yes, let's Aww. do it. You're amazing. Well, thanks for being here. Yeah. And um, for anyone who can't see this, which is everyone, we are in Naomi's home in Charleston overlooking Shim Creek. It is almost sunset cats galore just <laughs> beautiful lighting we're having a nice time eating some chips and hummus and um we're just gonna kind of get into what makes Naomi Naomi and get into her work ethic and how she has created such a beautiful life for herself starting you know we just kind of want to hear about your childhood and how you were raised in France and give us give us everything yeah well okay so when when you say I've created a beautiful life for myself I've been thinking about that a lot and I definitely got very lucky in my circumstances so um I wouldn't say that I fully created it but you know I had a lot of help um but yeah so I was born in France um we lived there until I was nine and then we moved to Charleston because my parents had always loved adventure and um, knew they wanted to leave France and live in the U.S., but we didn't know where. So when I was four, we did a home exchange, you know, where people like trade houses for a yeah. year. We did that for nine months in Lake Tahoe because we thought we were going to live in California and decided against that and um, then visited Charleston in 2000 and moved here. So lived here ever since. I love Charleston with literally my whole heart. It's Aww. my favorite place in the world. Um, yeah, so went to school here, went to college here, grad school here, um, started my business here and still live here. So <laughs> you cannot yeah. escape it. If you could live anywhere else, where would you go? I mean, I guess New York and that's where I'm going oh. this summer. So I'm so excited. So tell us about going to New York. You can yeah. get into that too. So, okay. So Matul, my boyfriend, um, got a fellowship at Wild Cornell. So it's like a, um, 
it's not in upstate New York where Cornell University is, but so he has to be in Manhattan. So we're going to go there oh. for a year together. And I know everyone, there's a mass exodus and we're literally the only people actually going into New York, but I'm really excited. I think it'll be fun. Like, where are you guys going? I know. I'll <laughs> That's be back amazing. in town though for work. And mm-hmm. so I'm not really leaving. I could never really leave. For sure. And, and your mom is going to be here and yeah, yeah most so of the she, time. Most of the time. She is splitting her time between here and France right now. So, so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. So um, I was thinking about this, you know, not many people in Charleston have had the opportunity other than maybe being, you know, the child of someone who lives in the military or something like that. Not a lot of people have gotten to move, make as drastic of a change. You know, did you speak English when you got to the United States? You were nine. So did yeah. you learn some of that in France? So I learned a little when I was four. So in like pre-K, I mean daycare. So and I remember that my parents just dropped me off four, four or four and a half. And um, I remember really having to pee, but I didn't know how to ask where the bathroom was. So I was literally just holding my crotch, like wiggling <laughs> around. And some teacher figured out and they're like, oh, you need to go to the potty. And so then I learned, I was like, potty, potty, potty. <laughs> All the time. Um, and But when we moved back between ages four and nine, I had a tutor. You don't have school on Wednesdays in France. Mm-hmm. And I had a tutor, um, like an English tutor come teach me. But when we moved here, I couldn't read or write English yet fully and didn't know um basic words like you know didn't know what cash was didn't know what barefoot just little things yeah. that I remember like that funny the words that you remember that you don't remember yeah. you just Sorry, there's cash. a cat literally standing <laughs> in between us right now Keisha's trying to get all the attention if you guys don't know and if you can take away anything from this episode it's going to be that Naomi is it wants to save every cat in the world so every single one but obviously that all starts at home so what made you have such such a crazy love for animals so actually it it all comes from my dad he was a huge animal lover didn't eat meat said um you know I don't eat my friends and stuff like that and so I'm like oh my god I really need to stop eating meat my whole life he's like you need to stop eating meat um but when my mom met him he was single and living alone in the house that I grew up in with six cats (laughs) that's not yeah. that never happens I know I know it's like he made you know people that hoard cats get a really bad rap but I mean he was the coolest and he had a ton of cats and just welcomed all sorts of animals so yeah I think that's where it comes from that's amazing is it's your genetic mo- yeah absolutely is your mom just as much of a cat person is she just like I love these two people and they happen yeah. to be okay. my mom just goes with the flow so what my dad and I were like he was very you know hard-headed as am I and so my mom's like all right whatever whatever (laughs) here it is like I'm not fighting you on this one yeah yeah she loves the cats so she loves them and you guys they're beautiful and they're just like they all have these cute little French names (laughs) quiche omelet well omelet might be a he might go away but yeah if anyone's looking for a really morbidly obese three-year-old orange cat named omelet let me know (laughs) very sweet very sweet but needs a home um and getting back to your dad I would I mean he you mentioned that he had suffered from esophageal cancer for yes. like 12 months. Was that, was it a complete shock to everyone when you guys found out about, so it was a little over a year ago, right? Yeah. So he, he died last December. Um, so a little over a year and from when he died, it was a year of diagnosis. So two years ago is when we found out um, he and this is why it's so important. I tell everybody, like, if you have parents, you need to make sure that they're getting their yearly endoscopies and colonoscopies. It is so, so important because had he done an endoscopy, he was getting colonoscopies, but endoscopies, like some insurance, you know, it's not covered. I don't really know, but you don't think about it as much either. Exactly. Cause it's unusual. But, um, had he done an endoscopy, it probably could have saved him, you know? So that's like definitely a huge regret for, for us, but, and not to get, you know, too sad right off the bat, but, um, yeah, so he had trouble keeping his food down. Like he just felt like he had pressure on his stomach and actually who told him to go get scoped was Matul. He's like, mm, cause he went to the ER and they're like, it's probably just acid reflux. You know, you're fine. Take this. And Matul's like, no, you probably should get somebody just get scoped just in case. You may as well. So he did. And that's, that's, um, how they found it. Yeah. So, and wow. it's so crazy because obviously any, if, I mean, you know, if you've lost a parent or 
if you've lost anyone to cancer, a lot of people are or will in their life. And there's such a community out there of people that will outpour like so much support and love. I mean, it's really incredible. The people that I've met, like I talk to complete strangers on the phone sometimes just to, cause like this, this one girl, um, sent me a message on Instagram and she's like, my dad is dying of esophageal cancer. I don't know what to do. And I was like, here's my number. Call me. And so she called me. We talked for hours and like cried together. And, you know, I gave her all the advice that I could. I don't know what she looks like, but you just have this bond yeah. with complete strangers. Wow. So yeah, the internet can suck, but the internet can be a very cool place. Too. Yeah. And I think that once you're, if you can be brave enough and open enough to ask for help and yeah. to be ready to receive it, that's mm-hmm. incredible. I feel like there it can go any you can get so so caught up in it and it can go so many different ways but when you're dealing with death it can we were talking about this before we started recording it's like it can show you really amazing sides of people and it can show you really dark sides of people Mm -hmm. and and I think just being like you said earlier just super graceful with it you know that's how people get through those times exactly and a really good advice I don't know I mean I don't know if anyone that's listening is going through something like that right now but really good advice that I got was to not have expectations on on people because people don't always know how to react to things that you know something really traumatic that happens to you or like loss and stuff and if you don't have expectations on others you won't be disappointed because there will be people that you expected to be there for you that will not show up or that will do the bare minimum and you can't be down about you know what went wrong and that they're not there for you and then there'll be complete strangers that come and blow you away with the amount of support somebody you've met once you know that will yeah do something amazing so it's it's really really important not to have expectations mm-hmm. um, through something like that but and yeah. just not putting too much pressure on yourself to heal in any certain way or certain amount mm-hmm. of time or you know judge people for healing f- seemingly faster yeah um there is no timeline like there's no you just everybody everybody out there is just doing their best, you know, even if their best is not very good, it still is probably their best. And so we just need to not judge and just let everybody live, you know, like live your life. Exactly. And you don't have to explain yourself to anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love that you're so close with your family and it's amazing that you are so vocal about your dad. You, you bring him everywhere and it's clear just in everything you do in business, everything you do in the way you, <laughs> you make me no, cry. No, 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 it's okay. I was, I texted Naomi earlier. I was like, Hey, got, I'm looking at your Instagram and I'm sobbing. And, and it's so, it's just so different to lose a parent yeah. and it's unlike anything you'll ever feel or experience. And, but it also kind of just opens up all these ways you can love people. Mm-hmm. And, and it, probably brought you and Matul even closer than you thought you ever could be. So you mentioned that he was the one saying, okay, you should go get this endoscopy. What, what have, did you guys have a conversation? Like, Hey, did you know that you were this instrumental? And, Oh yeah. Oh, he knows. I mean, Matul. So, um, my dad got surgery and chemo and radiation and stuff. And we thought that he was going to be fine. So, um, in August they flew, back to France and they were like going on a vacation and they were going to go to Greece and all this stuff. So this is two summers ago, like pre COVID obviously. And so they were at our house in Nice and they were going to spend three months there. So it's October and my dad had had a cough kind of. So he went into, um, to his friend was a doctor. He went in there to see him and the guy was like, Oh, your lungs are actually like filled with fluid. We're going to have to drain them. We can just do a small procedure. You have pneumonia, you know, yada, yada, yada. So he goes in for the surgery and, um, my mom calls me the next day and she's like, you need to come here now. Like they just did dad's surgery, realized he had metastasized cancer all in his abdomen. He's going to die. Like they're suggesting assisted suicide, blah, blah. I mean, it was awful and so I had basically three hours to get on a plane get to France and Matul dropped everything came with me I was like packing my stuff really quickly all my friends came over like the support was just insane and Matul you know was bedside with him in France in the ICU for he took he could only take three days off work so he flew there for three days traveled back for you know to then pick up like a 24-hour shift literally a 24-hour shift after traveling for 18 hours um 
so yeah i mean he was very 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 much and my dad knew too like my dad knew that matul had flown to france and Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so they told us we shouldn't wake him up when we were there because they're like, he's going to live a few more months and it's going to be very painful and just awful. And we're like, well, we can't just not, what are we, we going to do? Like put him down. I mean, this is crazy. So, and I'm so glad that we didn't do that because he woke up, he was totally there for a few months, you know, and maybe not in body, but in his mind was totally fine. And, um, when he was in a medically induced coma and when he woke up from the coma, I had stayed a little bit later at the hospital because visiting hours ended at eight and I would like (laughs) literally torture the nurses and sneak around and like hide so I could stay with them longer. And I'm so glad because the night that he woke up, I had, I had stayed and he was so confused. He was like, what? Like, why are you in France? Like, where are we? You know, I'm like, we're in Nice. I'm here. Don't worry. So that was like a great memory. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus. Sorry. I'm going on all these tangents. But yeah, Matul was instrumental and so supportive before, during, after. Brings my mom yellow flowers for every single holiday, which is what my dad used to get her. Like, you know, just on point. It's amazing. Oh. Yeah. I know, right? It like really gets you in the feels. Keep that man around. I know. That's so amazing. And, And yeah, people show up for you. Yeah. People will show up for you no matter how scared you are and... Or just confused. I mean, Mm -hmm. wow, that's incredible. And I'm sure, I know your dad is so proud and so happy. And I, like, I'm I'm serious. I really do think that you just bring this, like, European, um, graceful, but get shit done mentality to business and to work. So I want to hear, so what you're doing right now, you have left Southern Charm. Yes. You have started an online boutique talk to us about your clothing line yeah talk to us about so you left southern charm and your life I feel like completely is it's a 180 from what it used to be yeah so what is it what's it been like what's the difference between like how your life was a couple yeah. of years ago well so I will say I mean just because I chose to leave the show doesn't mean that you know I don't support it and my friends that are still on there I mean I think I think that's great like full support of most, (laughs) most of them. (laughs) Um, but I think I reached a point like in my personal life, especially where, you know, you have to make decisions in life and the way you can manifest everything all you want, but if you don't take the necessary steps to at least set yourself up for what you want, it's not going to happen. And I just saw that the show, you know, I didn't feel like I had much left to give the show. Not that I ever really did to be honest, but I didn't really feel like it was, the place I was in life or what I wanted in my life, like a few years from then, Mm -hmm. I definitely don't think that Matul would have stayed with me had I stayed on like reality TV with my ex-boyfriend and like dealing with all this drama and stuff. So that had a lot to do with it too. And just carefully choosing, you know, like what the path, what is the path that you want in your life? I'm so grateful for like all the opportunities that it gave me because it opened a ton of doors and, you know, allowed me to create a business pretty easily, which kind of started as a hobby. Honestly, I mean, selling clothes was just a hobby um, that turned into an actual moneymaker. And I'm so like grateful for that, you know, wait, let's talk about that. So what do you mean hobby turned business? So basically it just started out. I was tagging, um, you know, would just tag like random clothes through like to know it and stuff and seeing you can see the analytics you can see like how many people purchased and it was a lot of people purchasing things I'm like oh wow like people care that's that's crazy and so then it kind of snowballed from there and I just told myself why am I selling other people's clothes when I could just be selling my own stuff and it was just supposed to be a fun little side thing that now takes up a lot of my time and it's really fun and it's you know it's just kind of what feels natural. So yeah. it's a, it's a little thing, but it's a blast. It Well, to an outsider's perspective, it literally looks like this just massive company yeah. that you're well, running, which it kind of is like, you're killing it. Kind of. I mean, I'm, I, again, very grateful for the people, <laughs> very <laughs> grateful for the people. Yeah. Well, so Shop La Bay is based in Charleston and for anyone who hasn't already purchased, I'm like wearing it right now. I'm obsessed <laughs> with it. I think it's amazing. I know. Uh, I always see your pickup orders. I'm like, I love her. <laughs> I know. You were like, here's a discount code. And I was like, yeah. damn it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No we more. could do a discount code um, oh, okay. today, too. That we would could be amazing. Do, you you want to do Hotter Than Health? Yeah. Hotter Than Health for um, let's do 30% off. 
Yeah. Y'all, hello. Yeah. Hotter than hell, 30% oh off. Made it I'm this write far it through me rambling, <laughs> and you deserve it. <laughs> That's amazing. And you guys have to check out these like ribbed button up tank tops. I don't know what they are, but they're the best. And like they require no bra, I don't think. But <laughs> I think that's your boobs that require <laughs> no bra. I don't think it's the top. Trust I me. I think it's like the pre menstruation. That's no. for sure what it is. <laughs> it's like, hello. Um, speaking of no bra and pre menstruation, um, where are you was- going right now? <laughs> Also, before we got into this conversation, I asked Naomi if I could use her restroom, and I said, "Just where is it? You know, I'll I'll go." And so I walk in, and a whole symphony begins to play. And so, if you're ever poop shy or pee shy, all you need to do is have your whole home installed with Sonos that will play Bach as you are peeing. It's anyways a pretty cool house here. But where I was getting to with the whole um, menstruation thing is I remember listening to you on the skinny confidential podcast and you guys have to listen to this podcast with Helen Hall and Naomi. Yeah. It's, it's so funny and so informative, but you mentioned your journey with birth control and that's something that we talk yes. about a lot. And I'm telling you, it is, it is talked about, but I think that people just bounce around between different types of hormonal birth control and they're yeah. like, ah, oh, the pill freaks me out. And if it doesn't, Tell me about your full experience with birth control. It's ugh. oh my gosh. Okay, I mean I don't even know where to start. So you know, at sixteen, just like probably a lot of other girls, um, I got put on the pill. I think it was, yeah, maybe for my peers, but I think it was for my mom's peace of mind mainly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, "What's you know? You just need to be on birth control." So um, she was like, "These Americans, what are yeah, we doing here?" Yeah, <laughs> just just in case. Um, so I had been on the pill forever, like through college and stuff. Then college um, got what is it? The Nuvering didn't like that. Cause you have to like fish it out. I don't know. It's just not for me. It's like the diva cup. I yeah, think it's that really freaks me out, but people say it's more, they're like, I do it in the shower. I'm like, still, I don't need to be up there. Like, I, I don't want to do that. I have it. We can talk about it more later. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would like to hear a yeah. perspective uh-huh. on that because it freaks me out. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I went from Nuvering then back on the pill, which made me I mean, I, I felt like I was carrying a lot of extra weight from the hormones and stuff. Then went off of birth control altogether, lost a bunch of weight. Also simultaneously got a tapeworm in Thailand and like Lucky. lost a lot of hair. And it, I lost like 30 pounds because of this tapeworm. Yeah. Oh my it gosh. Was it was three and a half feet long. <laughs> it was awful. Can we, awful. can we table the hormone conversation? Yeah. Here? So did they, how did they find out that you had a tapeworm? Oh my God. Okay. Can I tell this story? I, okay. I'll, all we I'll do is talk story. about poop and guts and all okay, this, all right. everything on the So it's a safe space. So if you um, think tapeworms are disgusting, please stop listening. Yeah. Fast forward the next like two minutes. So I'm like, yeah, I'm in college. I'm spending the night at my boyfriend at the time's house. And I woke up to these awful cramps. Like I'm talking, I thought my appendix had burst. I thought I had appendicitis for sure. And then I needed to go to the hospital, but I was like, okay, before I call 911, um, let me just try to go to the bathroom. Cause I felt a lot of pressure. I didn't know what was going on. And I was really freaked out. It's the middle of the night, you know, like couldn't see. And so I'm trying to go and I'm like, what's, what is even happening here? So I take the light on my phone and I see this, like, it looked like fettuccine pasta hanging out of my butt, just hanging out of my butt. And so I'm like, what is this? I thought it was my intestines. Like, I know this story is disgusting. I keep going. And so I'm like, what is this? So I grab toilet paper and I start pulling it out. And I'm like, am I pulling out my large intestine right now? Like, is, is this, this what's my happening? Colon? And it turns out it was three for three and a half feet. I pulled this thing out that looked just like pasta and I put it in a Tupperware and then I took it to my doctor the next day and they're like this is amazing this is one of the longest tapeworms we've ever seen like blah 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 you've probably had this for a really long time and we ended up figuring out when I probably picked it up when I'd been in Thailand like however long before that eating street food like an idiot um but yeah it was like a a worm specific to pork (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yeah all right kids no more pigs. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That is inc- an it's incredible disgusting. story. That's disgusting. Yeah. Um, I only know the sensation of like, have you ever done laundry and you like put your underwear on, you put your thong on and you're like, you have a piece of your hair that's like, oh, oh and then after butt. showering, you pull the hair out of your butt. At, that's and the yes, best. It's the best feeling yeah. ever. Anything like that? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I wish. No. It was, so sorry. you know, it was internally. Th- so yeah. 
Wow. Okay. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing. And so you guys, if you ever really need to go to the bathroom, this is why I say it's so important to like look at your poop. It's so important to inspect you and it can tell you so much about your health so much. And a lot of my friends, we had this conversation. They're like, one of my friends said her poop was, um, like phlegmy. Sorry for that adjective, (laughs) but that, like mucusy. That's a sign, yeah, mucusy. And that's a sign of like so many different problems and stuff. And um, Dr. B, the gut, that, I love him. Um, Manifesting, he, getting him on the podcast. Yes. Oh, he's amazing. You you guys would get along great. He um, he did my upper endoscopy because I got scoped after my dad. You oh, know, great. He's like, you're fine. But yeah, so again. Interesting. No. All right. So if anything looks phlegmy, oily, like rock solid, then, you know, call me and yeah. we can talk. You're not uh, regular. <laughs> Okay, it's, but back to the, the... So back to the birth control. Yes. So then note. went off of that, had the tapeworm simultaneously. Things got a little weird. Then went back on... Um, oh, and then I got the implant in my arm. And when I started dating Matul, I still had the implant that last three years. And he was like, you know, you really should try an IUD. I feel like the arm thing there... Apparently, there were some studies that linked it to um, cancerous tissues or um, masses in the breast on the side of the arm, you know, because it's Cause so close. Because your lymph nodes are right there. Yeah. And it, I don't know. So something kind of sketchy. So I tried um, maybe Mirena, it was, or one of the hormonal IUDs, and it made me absolutely nuts. Like, when I say nuts, I was borderline suicidal. Like, would be driving and just sobbing and be like dying wouldn't be so bad right now like weird stuff lower back pain so depressed so anxious terrible sleep just bad 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 oh my gosh and that only in a few weeks you know did did that happen so I got it taken out immediately my lower back pain stopped immediately I started to feel normal again I didn't cry every time I was in the car um and then I got Paragard the copper IUD and it's been incredible like in that last 10 years and you like that one I love it I love it. No, no hormones. It's just the copper is like a, um, mm-hmm. what is it? Is it like a spermicide or something? I don't know. No. So the copper, I, oh yeah, I guess it does. It just like basically coats the yeah. inside of your uterus so that it can't stick an egg can't like stick yeah. to it or something. Cause yeah. I know all about the, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's so interesting. I've had so many people talk about these types of thoughts. So like, and it's not to be taken lightly like no, you gotta if you start to have these suicidal thoughts or if you start to think question life or go into these really deep holes that you're not familiar with mm-hmm. then speak up say something it's not like woo woo it's not just a holistic thing these are real things that are happening in your body yeah. Yeah. but so interesting about the copper I haven't even like i basically tell this podcast audience everything that happens with my body and like what's going on in my <laughs> life and it's like my verbal diary And I, yeah, you need a podcast now. (laughs) Um, so, but what I, what I did notice is, so I was off of, I did hormonal birth control and I, you know, I'm not preaching very well right now because I'm breaking out so bad, but I had the worst. Y'all, she's not breaking out. That's by the way, I'll tag my um, skincare. It's amazing. And I'm wearing (laughs) lots of cover up Yes. Yes. And so we, Anyway, so I had been doing hormonal birth control. I was on Skyla, another hormonal uh-huh. IUD. Had it for two years, loved it, but started to, after about a year, get the worst problems down there. I was getting like chronic yeast infections, chronic UTIs, oh, chronic no. everything. I mean, to the point where I could not figure it out. And then I started working in a gym where I was like working out, sweating, wearing leggings all day long, made it even worse. Oh my God, terrible. Oh. Got it taken out for two years. Felt amazing. And I'm not exaggerating. You just said it. You were like, I could immediately tell a difference. As soon as she pulled this thing out, and I'm not exaggerating. Even, same hour. Mm-hmm. I noticed just this feeling of less inflammation in my skin. And I think I only noticed it in my skin because I was so concerned about it. Yeah, yeah. But it's so true wasn't holding on to as much water. My moods weren't up and down like crazy before my period. But then I started dating a guy and we were like getting serious and I was consistently active. So I was like, okay, time to maybe get another one. So I got copper and I had it for seven months and my periods every month were nine days long. So painful. I was on the floor in a ball. Like I thought I was having contractions Really, and it 
was no longer worth it. So it was like to the point where I was like, look, I, I understand the benefits of no hormone, but this is like affecting my life. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's when I figured out the diva cup. I was like, oh, the diva cup will be great. Fuck no. <laughs> Wait, I thought uh, the when, diva cup was for your period. It is. Oh. So I tried the diva cup when I had the IUD and I'm telling you, I think that maybe it was just my body that created this insane period flow oh, that God. while I was on the, it was, I mean, every 30 minutes <gasps> I would be changing this cup and it's not easy to change. You're like gutting up there. You have to, and I understand the benefits of it and I totally am on board. Maybe I'll try it again now that I'm not on any birth control. Oh my God. So I, that, that's interesting because a lot of people, so some studies say that people say the copper IUD, if they were on regular birth control before and then go to copper, that their periods are heavier. Um, but I didn't, I mean, everybody's, everybody's body is different, but I didn't really have that issue, but also I didn't have heavy periods to begin with. So if you're, when you're not on birth control, if you have a heavy period, you're going to still have a heavy period and you're, I definitely have painful periods. That's for for sure. sure. But I just take like, you know, Tylenol and for a couple of days it sucks, but I just feel so much better. Like it's the physical pain is worth my mood. Totally. 100%. You're still you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think that it was just, I don't know if my like uterus is tiny and it just was like squeezing the hell out of it, but I had always had like three or four day periods and then they went to nine. I was like, nine is, is, that's, that's rude. I was like, (laughs) Hey, the whole point was so that I can be like doing this more often. Yeah. And now I'm like, get away from me. Right. Right. Um, anyway, so that was a fun conversation. <laughs> I'm so happy to know that you are now having safe sex and really just enjoying yourself with your committed <laughs> am- amazing partner. That's so fantastic. Um, and so I want to go back to, you said that you like kind of picked up this tapeworm when you were in Thailand, mm-hmm. which brings me back to you are, it seems like you're this, amazing influential uh, homebody who like has this amazing upbringing but you're like kind of a wild child I feel like I feel like when you travel you're like "Mm, playtime and you like I feel like you kind of go balls to the wall when you travel I've never traveled with with you but like oh my god we should travel together I love traveling with people because you learn so much about them and it's I mean it's always such a great experience like Matul and I love traveling with friends and it's so fun. Oh, so that, tell, yeah. I want to hear, so for people that maybe haven't started following you yet, which you guys should, what are some of your favorite places that you've traveled and what's like one of your best stories that you can think of? Oh God. No pressure. I know. Um, this wasn't in the notes. I know. <laughs> um, okay. Well, my favorite place on earth is, pro- so I have a few, but right now I would say Corsica. It's this little island off the coast of France and it's, um, you can take like a ferry there so you can take your car with you and it's just you know a few hours it's kind of like the french version of the bahamas and it's underdeveloped excuse me i just had a glitch <laughs> under we can edit right it's underdeveloped and um because corsicans are crazy they're like kind of sicilian italian ish but they're corsican and if a big hotel tries to if somebody tries to build a big hotel there they will literally just wait until nighttime when no one's there and just bomb it and <gasps> So they, you have to start over and over again. And eventually companies are like, all right, screw this. Like we're not going to develop expensive here. to keep getting bombed. They're crazy. And so my dad's best friend lives there. So we would always go visit. It is the most beautiful place. Porto Vecchio in Corsica is the most beautiful place I've ever seen. It's amazing. Oh my God. I got to go. Yeah. You oh, have I'm to. So bad. Oh my God. Yeah. That sounds amazing. And yeah. I think that people think like France, they think Paris. And I'm like, you guys know, no, not no, all baguettes. No. It's like, no, you no, can no. go to, oh my God, that sounds perfect. So yeah crazy story okay crazy story I'm trying to think craziest story with you and Matul Um, he's a fan favorite I think okay so Matul the first trip we ever took actually I brought him to France you know it was like kind of a we started dating in April and this was that June or July maybe so it was a pretty pretty fast and I'm like I we have to go to Nice you know and I think my parents might have been there for part of the trip but um we we got there and it was truly the best trip we've ever been on in our lives because we got there my dad had gotten us tickets to see jay-z and beyonce and matul is like beyonce's biggest fan when i say he was screaming like a girl in the audience i've never seen anything like it that was such a fun night um and then one of the days we were in town and Matul's was like there's the so- this soccer game on today like he kept talking about the soccer game i'm like okay cool it's like Let's the world cup it. 
it was the World Cup. <laughs> I I knew it was the World Cup, but I didn't realize it was the final. Anyway, so we're we're downtown. Um, and we're walking around and we're stopping at all these bars and watching the game and it's so fun. And then France wins. And I looked at it and it, the energy was unreal. People were, um, like, you know, those color smoke bombs, things? Yes. those were going off in red, white, and blue in the streets. Everybody was cheering. Everybody was like having beer, taking shots, high-fiving each other. We were smoking a hookah. It was just so fun. And I looked at him, and I was like, when's the next game? And he was like, that was the last game, you dingbat. Like, that, France just won the World Cup, and we're in France, and this is so amazing. And He's like, like, let me put this into context for you. Yeah. I did not comprehend it at the time, but that was probably the most fun day ever when France won the World Cup, and I didn't know that it was the f- World Cup, really. <laughs> Ignorant bliss. Yeah. That is yeah. so fantastic. Yeah, and I really think fun. that, like, especially when you're with the right person who's just going to make you soak up every single second. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Jay Z, Beyonce, and the World Cup. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it was like it was like, in two days too. It was like wild. Wow. Was so great. Oh my god, memories. That's yeah. amazing. And those yeah. are the kind of things like even you're you're born and you're so lucky and you have this amazing family and you like are so um, you grow up with so much. I, I hate. I mean, privilege. You know, it's a like a ton of privilege. Yeah, a so, ton a shit ton of privilege. So much yeah. privilege and. It's also just remembering that it's those moments that and the people that you spend your time with all the time. It's not about like the purses or the houses or the cars. Exactly. It's always about like who can you be present with? Who can you live in the moment with? Like yeah. drink a beer on a street, get blown in the f- face with smoke. Like <laughs> yeah. that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, exactly. That's no one so will beautiful. ever remember like if you paid for their dinner, if you got them something, they'll just remember, you know, I mean that quote how you made them feel. Mm. And that is so so true. Like I love that. So true. Mm. Um and so w- with that, I you know, I don't want to take up your entire day, but since it's called hotter than health, it's all about, you know, <laughs> like nutrition and diet and all these different things, but I think that so much of our life is the moments that we make with our family, with our friends, with our cats, with our, you know, whether or not this podcast is in one of your ears and the other of us is in the other ear. <laughs> Who knows? We'll ignore it. But um, I want to hear a little bit about, so 80-20 is something that you're associated with very much. Yes. It's, um, so Helen Hall, one of your best friends. Yeah. And you guys kind of created this brand, 80-20. So we talk about 80-20 a lot on the podcast. I talk about it with all my clients. So I think everybody, the beautiful thing about 8020 is that everybody has their own version of it. Exactly. So in your world, what is the 80? What is the 20? So let me start by saying Helen helped me a lot when I first um, got healthy. You know, when I started eating better and like having some, she taught me how to make a smoothie and I started using blender bombs and that's really what started my my health journey shall we say which you know still isn't perfect never will be and that I am fine with that um she yeah she taught me how to make a smoothie and she was like just have one smoothie a day just one so I started doing that and then that turned into maybe having you know a healthier dinner and blah 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 um but so because she helped me so much and her lifestyle is incredible I mean to her, 80-20 is 80% plant-based, whole foods, 20% whatever you want. I'm more of a 60-40 kind of gal, and that works for me. Like, I'm, you know, happy with my health, happy with my body, always room for improvement, but there comes a point where you need to be satisfied and be like, all right, I'm not... Love yourself. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not the worst. Like, it, this is fine. I'm doing okay. Um, and so, for me, it's 60-40, but we say 80-20. Um, and, yeah, try to just eat like a normal person aka to me that's eating like the french eat so you and i were talking about this earlier yeah what is the biggest difference to me between french and american cultures and it's for sure food culture and diet culture because in france i mean of course people diet and stuff but it's very rare because the way french people look at food is you can eat everything that you want just in moderation like a little bit here a little bit there and i I can't tell you the last time i really restricted myself you know you just eat a little and then maybe you start with your salad even though in france you eat salad last which nobody knows that digestion um yeah but you know maybe start with a salad and then and then have the donut you've been craving all day like if you're craving something eat it if it's it's not the end of the world you know um and then it kind of takes the stigma away from okay food is the enemy i can't eat this oh i gotta do and you i mean i know these people that will literally not go out to dinner with friends because they're dieting and they don't want to eat out. I'm like, I cannot 
fathom a world where I would let that get in the way of living my life, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, I feel like in America, there's this, a lot of negativity around food and you don't really know what you're eating, for example, and then I'm going to shut up. But when we moved here, my mom, the diet she ate in France, there like, there's so many additives in America and what she ate in France in the nineties. So she was 37 when we moved here, she would eat, you know, bread, yogurt, cheese, butter, a ton of butter on her toast every morning on her baguette, um, coffee and things like that, you know, meats and vegetables and things she, that were so normal in France. So normal. She ate those exact same things here, but from an American grocery store, and she put on 17 pounds in one year. Not she was not eating more. It's just and the she's different. a naturally lean person. So mm-hmm. 17 pounds. It's that's that's weight gain for yeah. someone who is lean. Yeah. Like and then she realized like okay, she started buying organic food, and that's when organic food was really becoming bigger, and figuring out where the food was coming from and eating the same quantities and the weight just melted off again. Like it's crazy. People don't realize the amount of shit that's in some of the stuff we eat. Mm -hmm. I mean, I eat, I had four Jolly Ranchers and some chicken wings before you came here. So, you know, but (laughs) if people are like, Oh, I don't know why I'm not losing weight. And I'm like, because you don't know what's in the food that you're eating, even though, you know, you think it's a yogurt, there's so much other stuff in there. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. Helen taught me how to read labels too. She, she's really good about that. It's so important. It's just before you're considering if it's going to hit your macros, then, you know, are you looking at the actual ingredients? Yeah. So even with that, I feel like, yeah, I mean, diet culture is so toxic and it's everywhere and it's so, it is so everywhere that it is just, it is abnormal if someone doesn't ask, so what are you? I can't tell you how many times I get that. So what are you? Or vegan, do you, vegetarian? Yeah, just yeah. The, like or what label? Mean, what I asked you earlier when I <laughs> you're asked like, you, like, oh, you're vegan, right? Pork. But <laughs> oh my she god, she was like handing me a plate of brisket. I was like, maybe not, but you know, maybe later. <laughs> Guys, I'm I'm really ashamed to admit it. Today's the day after the Super Bowl. I don't feel so hot. Okay, so yes, I was having chicken wings and barbecue sauce, and I don't think it's cute when people are like, oh, I'm so hungover. But this is my reality right now. Make it relatable. I'm sorry. It's Monday after the Super Bowl, guys. It's I don't feel good. And she doesn't feel good. (laughs) Let off. All right. But also what I will say is that, so we were also talking about 8020 being not just food, but life. Life. It's like, what else did you do yesterday that was good for the world? (gasps) I rescued a cat. (laughs) I got a cat. So I had to go to Petco to get some cat food. I was in the checkout line and they had this little tub, just the tubbiest cat. I mean, he's a 30 pounder. He's so obese um he was sitting in this little cage by the checkout and i was like i asked the guy i said who's that little guy how long has he been here and he goes oh that's so and so he's been here about two months yeah nobody wants him i guess he's just too big for people and i was like well (laughs) guess i have to take him now y'all two months is a long time to be in there so sad it was really bad so again i mentioned i'm looking to rehome a cat I can't, I mean, I guess I could keep him, but I really shouldn't because I don't want my boyfriend to leave me. So if you're looking for a cat, let me know. Um, I just couldn't leave him in there. You're amazing. And and that just honestly gives the cat a better platform to be rescued, maybe a treadmill and maybe, (laughs) you know, just help extend his life and make his last days the happiest they could be. That's amazing. So that's your, that's your 80%. Like that's the good stuff that you do for the world. Um, I work and I save cats. That's it. And that's your superhero. <laughs> Superpower. Superpower. She's a cat lady. Um, and I mean, right now there's like a princess cat on the table. It's beautiful. It looks fake. It looks like I one know. of those fake cats that you pet and you're like, it's soft, but it's made of like, there's like wood underneath it. Yeah. She's but, my number one cat. She's the best cat I've ever had. That's Keish. She's gray. She's small. She looks like a little, a little angel baby. I don't even know how else to describe her. I mean, it's shocking. I'll take a picture. (laughs) I'll take a picture of you with the cat before we go. Um, But okay, so 80-20, that's incredible. I'm so happy. Can you give, okay, just to humanize your life for a moment, because people, maybe they've only seen you on TV. Maybe they've only seen you everything. So what is is your day-to-day like? business, work, what's your morning routine? We love to hear about morning oh, routines. Oh, we love morning routines. Love okay, it. so, um, well, right now I'm back doing high-low in the morning, so I get up about 7.30, which to some people is late. Like, my friend Vanita wakes up at 5 a.m. and slept till 7 today and was like, oh, I can't believe I'm in bed at 7. I'm like, Vanita, if I woke up at 7, the world would know that I was the first one up 
on the earth that day. Um, but yeah, so I wake up about 7.30, um, usually like lay around and groan for a little bit, um, pet my cats, feed them, um, take a shower. I have to shower before I work out or else I stink during my workout. Like it's disgusting. I think I have body odor issues. I don't know. I have to shower before. <laughs> then I go to Hilo or Gunner. Um, and that's usually four days a week. I'll try to work out. Sometimes it's two. I mean, you know, whatever you feel like doing. Mm-hmm. Um, then I go straight to my office where I shower again. Cause I have a shower there. <laughs> um, and yeah, work on the base stuff until about honestly about three thirty sometimes. And then I'll go do like whatever errands I have, do other meetings. So we have some, you know, some restaurants in Charleston and some commercial properties. So I'll just deal with that um as best I can I'm not very good but you know do whatever needs to be done um you're not giving yourself any credit here you absolutely are running like 10 different businesses and you're doing no well you're assisting in a lot of projects at all times I just I just like show face and people think I do all this stuff and I don't I mean it's not true okay this is something else I want to talk about if you see someone that looks like let's let's talk about Instagram real quick because I started thinking about this last night and there's so many people who I see their posts and people I used to be closer to or, you know, whatever. And so I know what they're like. I know what their life is. I know their reality. And then I see what they're posting and I'm like, hold on, this ain't right. This ain't it. Like, I know you, I know the way your life is and what you're posting right now is not accurate, you know? And so of course people are going to get depressed looking at Instagram and you're going to feel less than and you're going to feel like you're not doing enough because people are so full of shit like Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. not real Mm -hmm. and but how do you you would have no way of knowing that unless you were you intimately close with this person you know I mean it's it's really crazy the lengths people will go to to kind of conceal or make things appear better and I know this is talked about a lot but totally um, we just had a whole podcast episode about how like a lot of the girls who listen to this podcast might be in their early 20s and they're growing up with Instagram and they're thinking, okay, this is my norm. You know, yeah. if you see a picture of what I looked like when I was 13 <laughs> and then you look at the picture, I'm like, have you ever seen a Jewish girl brush her curls? I'm sorry. Oh <laughs> like it's, we all went through and that. And we all probably. went through it. But I feel, I almost feel like they're cheated out of a time where they, you know, they experience this growth, but you know, they wake up overnight and they have all the answers, it seems. Um, So I actually, I want to ask, and I know we're long-winded here, but I just sense I have you. I know, we're having fun. (laughs) I know. But so when you are on Southern Charm and so many people are, you know, they get work done or they, they can afford to like have a personal trainer and not really have as stressful lifestyles. So maybe they have time to meal prep. Maybe they have people who can do that for them. I I don't know. So when you were on the show, what did you notice? Did you notice anything change like in your mind? Were you ever noticing like insecurities or insecurities of other people compared to when you were off of the show? Oh, I mean, I think so that's kind of hard to answer because it's, it's hard for me to remember really because it feels like such a lifetime ago, you know, but I know I was always insecure about my nose. I mean, I, my entire life, as far as I can remember, I've wanted to get my nose done. And I think the show, you know, I was 23 when I did it. I'm turning 29 this summer. It's been a minute, um, which is so crazy, but that, that was the first time where I made enough money to where I didn't have to be like, I thought my dad would say no when I asked for a nose job. So I, woke up one day came over here because of seeing it on tv maybe or you know and then I don't know just maybe that made it more urgent you know it's something I always wanted but maybe I wouldn't have pulled the trigger had I not had to like look at it on camera all the time um but it I made enough money to where I walked over to my parents house and I was like I'm getting my nose done and I'm not asking I knew for sure they were going to say no you know I was like I don't I'm not asking you to pay for it I have my own money I'm doing this and that's it my dad's like okay well I mean I can I'll pay for it wait Mm. what you know my mom my mom goes I want mine done too and so he had to pay for two nose jobs (laughs) and we went up to New York together for two weeks and it was the most fun ever we got an Airbnb my dad like went and got groceries for us my mom and I were just zonked out it was so fun 
And you guys, and Naomi is one of the most authentically, unapologetically herself person. If you, you guys have to follow her on Instagram, she was literally just posting before and afters. Oh of my your, God. Yeah. You were like, oh, thanks, Dr. Dr. Zim. I love him so much. Dr. Zim. And, and yeah, him. you were like, I regret not having it done sooner. So there's yeah. no shame in getting work done. There's no shame in getting your tits done. There's no shame in getting fillers. There's no shame in anything. It's a matter of as long as it is not covering up something and you find that you can still be your your amazing self without any work done I think that that's where that's the only thing that I think that people should consider before getting any work done you know it's like it's the reason Mm -hmm. the reason behind it like why are you getting this done is it to please yourself or is it because you want to please someone else or are you getting your boobs done because you want because your boyfriend wants you to or are you getting your boobs done because you just want some titties like Mm -hmm. you know it's just it's and at the end of the day people can say yeah but you're getting something done because you want to be be more attractive to others and that's true but that can also be a reflection of you like on the inside you know and how you feel about yourself and how confident you are and And it like affects how you show up and if you can show up a little bit like your shoulders back and your chin up a little bit more than and if it you think that you can go in with a little more confidence even if no even if it's something that nobody notices maybe you got your toes done and you're wearing boots like you won't know it's just a little thing that if it helps you hold yourself a little bit higher, I think that that's do what you want to do. Exactly. I don't know what the big deal is. People are like, oh my God, like plastic surgery. Oh my God, you got Botox. Like whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. do what you mm-hmm. want to do, you know, mm-hmm. just, just do it for the right reason, mm-hmm. but do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you want. Then it also goes into like crash dieting. You're like, okay, well, you know, you have a wedding in four months. Mm-hmm. There's no need to do a juice cleanse for 80 weeks. It just doesn't make any sense. Shedding so, for the wedding. Shedding for the wedding. And it's a very real thing. And yeah. I will tell you what, there are more bridesmaids that call me asking for help than brides. It's never the bride. It's really? always, if it's the bride, they're calling typically about a year in advance because they want to make these amazing changes for themselves because they know they want to start trying to have a baby. But a lot of the times the people that call are the bridesmaids because they're like, we're going to be in these dresses and we didn't get to pick the dresses. And so I want to be, and I'm like, Oh, that's, um, I've never thought of it that way. You know, this is okay. But you know, then we just, it's more habit building and things like that. Mm -hmm. But anywho, that's uh, neither here nor there. I just (laughs) thought that was very interesting. So before we get off the podcast, I just have a couple of quick questions for you. Rapid fire. Okay. What is your favorite meal? Oh, um, okay. My mom makes this. It's like a French chicken and vegetables and the it's like potatoes and carrots and leeks and stuff like that. And the way that it's cooked, it's really slow cooked in a Dutch oven and it, there's nothing in it, but it, it's like, I don't know. It just melts in your mouth the way she cooks it. So it's a whole chicken. I'll find the recipe. I'm going to try to post it on Instagram because I need people. I need to share this. It's incredible and it's so healthy. There's like a tiny, tiny bit of olive oil and that's it. But it tastes like, you know, there's three pounds of butter in it. It's just wow. the way it's cooked. It's amazing. <laughs> your face right now, you're like, wow. I'm like, mom, come back. Yeah. Oh, I, it's so good. There's nothing like having the house smell like your like all time favorite yeah. food. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. So favorite, sto- favorite meal. And then what is your favorite story of your personal animals? Oh, um, the time, um, the time Gizmo climbed into the UPS truck and they found him like several miles down the road and had to come back. How did they know him. it was him? I, I don't know. I, I, you know, you have the same UPS guy that comes. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys, Gizmo is, um, a miniature lion. He got a, he's got a bald body. He's amazing. He looks like raw chicken right now. He, so he is older and so he can't groom himself as much and he's a really long haired cat. He's a Persian. So he had a lot of mats and so we just had to shave him and brush him regularly, like start fresh, you know? Um, wow. yeah, he, yeah. Got in the UPS truck. Brilliant. I love that. Go Gizmo. And then what are you most excited for in life coming up? Honestly, I'm really excited to move to New York. I, I'm, if you live in New York, please DM me because I'm going (laughs) to need friends. I have no friends up there. This girl likes to go out to dinner, help her. Yeah. Feed me. Um, I think it'll be nice because, you know, I haven't lived away from Charleston. I, I've traveled a lot, but I've never really lived away and by choice you know because I love it here so much but I think it's gonna be a really fun adventure with Matul and um especially with COVID and stuff right now everything is it feels like the world is on hold and you know there's not these big social gatherings and all this stuff that used to be really exciting to me before and so I'm really excited to have something 
I feel like to me, moving to New York will sort of mark the end of COVID and hopefully we'll be vaccinated by then. Um, but you know, I mean that figuratively, not actually the end of COVID, but yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited to hopefully launch another business. Um, and you know, just like build the life that I want basically. God, (laughs) I want to cry. This is amazing. And you guys, it's perfect. Like these answers are amazing. Naomi's amazing. And then the sun is kind of setting and it's just, it's all coming full circle. Um, Well, you're the best. Thank you so much for being here. This was so fun. Well, so you guys make sure you check out, make sure you check out Shop LeBay. Is it LeBay? LeBay. I've always said LeBay. Yes. So Shop LeBay and use the code hotter than health 30 by the time we set this up. It'll be all good to go. I'll put it in the show notes and link all of Naomi's social media. But if they can't find you just by pronouncing LeBay, where can they find you on social? Um, so it's just Naomi, N-A-O-M-I-E underscore Olindo, O-L-I-N-D-O. And then the um, website handle is shop LeBay, L-A-B-E-Y-E. What does that mean? Nothing. It's it's literally, okay, before, maybe we can put this somewhere or I'll just tell you about the... <laughs> came up with the most random name because I didn't give two shits what we were going to call it. I was like, let's just get to work. Like I'm not going to sit here and piddle paddle around trying to find the perfect name for six months. I would still be trying to figure it out three years later. So we just went with it and I was like, we can always change it, whatever. Like let's just get to work. You know, I love it. Yeah. I think it's so fantastic yeah. and femme and beautiful. All right. Thank well, thank you so much. I can't wait for people yay, to hear this. Um, make sure you guys check out all that Naomi has to offer and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.